Afternoon, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the KTH 9:10 a.m. Interview of the Week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Glad you're listening, and uh, my name is Dave Palmer, host of the program. Diane Xavier is running the board, and a while back we did something really interesting. We were reaching out to parishes to do a series of interviews where we were just uh, talking about parishes and what makes them unique and the history of them. And we had so much fun doing it and we did dozens of them and we haven't done one of those in a while, but I was really delighted when I was contacted recently by a lady named Martha Phillips, who serves as the communication and marketing coordinator at Immaculate Conception Parish in Corsicana, which is of course in the Southern part of the Dallas diocese. And she mentioned that the parish is celebrating their 150th anniversary. And so I said, wow, we got to talk about that. That's, that's a great story. And who, who can do it? And <laughs> Martha said, well, I know a lady named Karen Robinson. I bet she can do it. And so I'm delighted to have third generation parishioner, uh, of Immaculate Conception Catholic Church in Corsicana, Karen Robinson, uh, who obviously Martha thinks can really tell the story well about the parish. So Karen, thanks. Thanks for being part of the interview and, uh, for, you know, willingly or somewhat willingly agreeing to do this. How are you doing? Uh, just fine. Thank you. Yeah. And I know you have a, a long history, your, your, your father, your, I think your grandparents as well. Obviously that's what the third generation would mean. So tell us a little bit about your own family's involvement in the, in this parish, if you would. Okay. Uh, well, my grandparents moved here. Um, they, well, they actually lived in Texas in various areas, but I know that they entered the parish sometime in the late 20s, 1920s, and they um, started going to Immaculate Conception. My father was, um, at that time, was I believe he was probably in school age, and uh, he had several brothers and sisters a sister. They all attended mass here. And once the war started, he left, uh, of course. And then they went, they, my, the, my grandparents continued to live here until their deaths, actually, both of them. Uh, my grandfather died in about the, about 1965 and my grandmother in about 1976. Uh, my father moved away we did not live here at that time, and we did, but we came back to visit my grandmother all the time when I was young. Once they um, passed away, we didn't come down here quite as much, but we do have other relatives. I have an uncle that lived here his whole life, Louis Cormus, um, and of course his wife and their entire family still live here in Corsicana and attend the church. And about 12 years ago, we built a house, my husband and I built a house down here in Corsicana, and decided to move back, and or move down here, actually. So my dad turned 100 in um, 2014, and he moved down here with us. And so he then attended Immaculate Conception again mm. with us. And he at one, for a while there, he was the oldest parishioner in the church. Yes, and I think he passed away the following year to 2015 or so at, a, at the, the age of 101, right? 
Yes, correct. Yeah, amazing. So what, what a beautiful history. And the, the website, iccorsicana.org for the parish, and again, we're talking about the 150th anniversary. For some parishes, it's hard to imagine something going back all the way to the, the 19th century, like in this case. Yeah, but if you go to the website, it says the Catholic Church in Navarro County had its beginning in 1871. Father Peter Chandy came to Corsicana to establish the first church and parish uh, he was ordained in 1871. Uh, there was a, a, a couple called Mr. and Mrs. John Noonan, uh, were the first Catholics to settle in Corsicana coming in 1870 from Porter's Bluff, a small settlement located on the Trinity River about 17 miles northeast of Corsicana. Uh, Karen, I know you don't know of the, the these folks particularly, but uh, anything else from a historical standpoint? It's just amazing to think of going back almost to like uh, Civil War time. Uh, you know, right. with a with a, what else in the in the way back do you, do you have you heard about or have you learned in the course of uh, you know uh, talking to people about the parish? Well, I, I know that they um, there actually was a small church built at first, and I believe it mentions that on the website. And then they built the second church, which was the one that I actually remember going to as a child. Um, that my, uh, in fact, my uh, dad's brother Louis Cormus was married. Him and his wife were married there in that church. So that was the one that I that remembered the most of. I know they also purchased the Calvary Cemetery um, that mm. we still have today. Um, it's down just right down the street from the church where we have it now. They moved the church when they uh, built the new one. So the original church was located uh, right downtown off 15th Street, and the new one is now off Highway 22 in Corsicana. Yeah. So this one, they purchased some acres there, and that's other than that, I really don't know a whole lot that I remember about it. My involvement, like I say, was once I became a child. Yeah. And, you know, if you look at a city like Dallas or Fort Worth, there's many, many Catholic uh, churches and, you know, even a Plano or a Richardson, there's multiple. But in Corsicana, there's one Catholic church. And so how does the, the parish and Immaculate Conception Parish kind of fit into the overall city and, you know, the, the community there? How, how, how would you describe that? Well, I think it's a wonderful parish. It's very welcoming. Um, it's a beautiful church that we have. It is a small church compared to some that I have been in, but it is just really a lovely church. And the people there, like I say, are so nice. And um, our priests have always been very accommodating to the Spanish community. We have several Spanish masses. We have a lot of activities throughout the year. Of course, we did before COVID. Um, you know, they have festivals. Uh, they have things after mass. And I think there's a lot of involvement uh, with the community there, as well as the school. We have this. We have a Catholic school there, which has been in existence for quite some time. Yeah, I want to ask about that because one of the unique things that I've always found interesting is uh, Catholic schools are typically named after saints. You know, you got Saint Bernadette's or Saint Mary's or yeah. you know. But the the, your, the Catholic school there is uh, not to say he's not a saint, but not a canonized one, anyways. Uh, it's called James L. Collins Catholic School, and so well, what do you know about James L. Collins, and what can you tell our listeners about this gentleman? Well, he was an oil man who moved here. Um, I don't know. He may have always lived here. I'm really not sure about that part. But 
when he always he apparently was very good friends with uh, Monsignor Graffio, who was the Monsignor in the oh, I guess he was there in the twenties and thirties and forties actually, and they were good friends, and he always wanted to build a father Graffio always wanted to build a school and discussed that with his friend, uh, Mr. Collins, Mr. Collins, then in his will, since he was a bachelor, uh, had no family. I think he has a brother. He had a brother, but no other family. And he decided to leave his money partly to the church. He left it to some other charities as well, but he left quite a large estate. It was like $13 million. I believe Mm. I heard. And he left a good portion of that to the Catholic school. Um, they bought, that's when they bought the property where the church is now. And um, they decided they were building a school. They decided to build a school there. They still had to raise some additional money um, to get everything going, but they did do that. And so they named the school after him. Yeah, yeah. Well, deservedly so with that kind of contribution. If you go to that same website, iccorsicana.org, you can find out about the James L. Collins Catholic School, Christ-centered school that fosters lifelong learners dedicated to academic excellence, discipleship, virtuous living, and servant leadership. It's uh, pre-K, looks like pre-K three and four-year-olds all the way through eighth grade. Um, and so, uh, people can check that out as well. I remember, uh, Karen, a while back, uh, a friend, priest friend of mine, Father Jason Cargo was, uh, oh, ser- served yeah. at, uh, the, the parish for a number of years. I know he's no longer there. He's moved on to St. Joseph's in, in Richardson. Uh, who is, who's currently the, the pastor and any other memorable priests or people that have served the parish that you can, you can tell us about? Well, Father Juan Carlos is the uh, priest right now. Yeah. Uh, Father Juan Carlos Marion, and he um, has been here for a couple of years. In fact, on in June they're going to uh, he will become the actually the pastor. Uh, apparently, when you first come to the church, you don't you don't aren't made immediately the pastor. Yeah. And so his ceremony is going to be in June. I believe it's June sixth, actually, and. Um, he will become the pastor. The other person that I guess that I remember the most and have heard the most about was Father Graffio. He was the priest for many years, I, I don't know, 30, 40 years, something like that. And uh, he was very responsible for uh, getting a lot of the young men in the to the seminary. Yeah. And in fact, my father was one of those young men um, he was very close to our family, Father Graffio. And in fact, I, after my father died, I found quite a bit of correspondence from Father Graffio to my dad while he was away in the military. Hmm. But it, he also got him into the cemetery, uh, a seminary, I'm sorry, <laughs> the seminary, uh, where he. Uh, he only stayed for three years and decided that that wasn't his path. So yeah. he did leave. But. Um, I know he was responsible for a number of other priests that were well known in the area. Well, if that was, if that had been his path, you and I wouldn't be having this conversation today, most likely. Right, <laughs> right uh, exactly. Yeah, so God's will be done, and in, in that regard, I'm I'm glad he chose well God's will in his life. Uh, is it? Um, do people stay in Corsicana? Are there a lot of you know third <clears throat> and maybe even fourth generation parishioners there, or does is there a lot of? Um, 
you know, the turnover, I guess, for lack of a, a better word. Uh, are there some families that are just, you know, this is where we live and this is where we raise our kids and we stay? Or well, what, what is the, the, the makeup of the parish? Yes, there is a lot. Um, actually, I do know quite a few pe- people um, that have been here and, you know, raised their kids and say, well, my aunt and uncle, for an example, they've been here and their kids still go to the church, too. And, um but there are a lot, yes. There's quite a few, or quite a few that I happen to be involved with. Now, there are people that have only been here, you know, 20, 30 years, but um, I do believe there is quite a few that are make up that yeah. amount. I'm speaking to Karen Robinson. She's a third-generation parishioner at Immaculate Conception Catholic Parish in Corsicana. You can find out more about the parish and also their pre-K 3 through 8th grade school called James L. Collins Catholic School on their website, iccorsicana.org. iccorsicana.org. They're celebrating the 150th anniversary of the parish this year, uh, going all the way back to 1871. And I'm guessing... Karen, a lot of people listening right now have never stepped foot in the parish, uh, the church itself. From an architectural standpoint, is there anything unique or different? What would people experience when they walk into the church? What would they see? Well, I personally think it's an absolutely beautiful church. The uh, They have beautiful stained glass windows. It's It doesn't have like the pillars and things like that that some of the, um, some older churches that I have been in, it's it is a little bit on the modern side, but not entirely, because yeah. it does have those stained glass windows. It has a beautiful uh, baptismal font. I just think the whole church is very nicely laid out. They redid it. Uh, in fact, I believe it was when Father Jason was here. Um, they remodeled some of it and updated it at that time. Yeah. Do you know where so it's just a very clean, nice looking church. Do you happen to know why they chose that name for it? Uh, the, the Immaculate Conception, any, any reason, I guess that going all the way back to 1871, is there a particular devotion to our lady or uh, anything that you can think of? Well, nothing that I, I don't really know yeah. uh, why they chose that. Yeah, okay. And, of course, 150th anniversary uh, being celebrated this year. Uh, I know, you know, events are sometimes not as, you know, common as they may have been a couple years ago. But how is the parish going to celebrate? Anything planned? Well, yes, we, uh, we're starting several different things. Uh, one of the things that we're going to do, well, the first thing that we did, we had an art contest for people to submit um, some kind of drawing to be used as our logo throughout the, uh, on all of the different things. They'll probably do t-shirts and cups or whatever, but um, one of the things that we're also going to do is we're putting together a cookbook. So we'll have a 150 uh, year celebration on the cookbook and they're trying to get people to submit recipes from, you know, your grandparents and things like that. So if you have older generation uh, recipes, so there's going to be a section in there for that. Um, We're also planning on a festival, and I'm not sure exactly when that's going to be, but I'm guessing sometime in the fall. Um, So there will be a festival, too. All right. And uh, so the cookbook recipes, is that just going to be people in in the parish or somebody listening? Can they uh, submit one or will that by that just be strictly the parishioners? (laughs) I'm sure they could. I don't think they'll turn anything down, but uh, because they did tell us to, you know, have our families if they would like to submit 
uh, recipes too. They could do that. So I don't think they would turn a recipe down. There is on the website um, someplace on there, it may be in the bulletin section, that uh, an address where somebody can email them a recipe too. Mm-hmm. Do you find, uh, you know, as far as the makeup of the parish, you know, there, there's some people that may, uh, you know, li- lived in Dallas their whole life and they're just looking for a, a slower pace or a smaller town or just something to kind of get away from the hustle and bustle. Do you, do you find that that's common or even people visiting and coming down to Corsicana just to uh, slow the pace a little bit? Is that common to have visitors? Well, that was the reason we moved here. Yeah. Uh, we decided to retire here because we liked this. Well, I've always loved Corsicana anyways, and I've always loved that church. So um, we decided that we wanted to retire down here and just get away. I lived in Dallas. I li- in fact, Richardson was the last place that we lived, um, but I also lived in Mansfield. So I've definitely experienced the Fort Worth traffic, and this was just really nice. You know, there's no rush hour traffic and people are friendlier, I think, myself, that they are. <laughs> and, yeah. um, but it might be because I'm basically an outgoing person. So, <laughs> but I just love it down here. I love Course Canada. And I, like I say, I liked the smaller church. I like, that's one of the, the other reason I liked it so well is because the church is not so large that you sort of get lost in it. Yeah. You can be involved and know, I know everybody. I, you know, I don't hardly, I have a day that I don't go to town that I don't see somebody I know. Yeah. And the city itself, uh, is there industry there? You mentioned about the oil with uh, Mr. Collins. Do most people commute in and work in Dallas and live in uh, Corsicana, or do a lot of people stay and work there and live there? Well, it's a little of both. Um, I do know people that that, uh, commute to Dallas. Uh, a lot of people now, especially with the culture that we have, is that they work at home. Yeah. So there are a lot of people that, that do that. Um, there are some industries here. Um, since I'm not in the working area, I really don't rem- know a whole lot about what's available, but I know there are some opportunities here. Uh, oil is not quite as big here now as it was. Um, they do still drill and they still do have wells out here. And there's a few companies in town that have, um, for oil and gas companies, but not, not major anymore. Yeah. That was, you know, back in the, I think in the twenties, I guess, or thirties. I don't know when that was, but at that point it was bigger here. Right. Uh, well, Karen, we are just about out of time. Uh, I'm so grateful for the time that you've given us to talk about this uh, big time celebration, 150 years of a parish, uh, in this case, Immaculate Conception Catholic Church in Corsicana. Their website is icorsicana.org. And I want to give you a chance if there's anything else that you want to brag on about the parish or if there's anything that we didn't talk about uh, to, to mention uh, as we close out here. But I do invite people, and I know you would as well, to, if you want to just kind of slow the pace a little bit and go, you know, down south to Corsicana and, or and depending on where you are, um, and just maybe take in a mass or take in the, the, the city and the parish and, and visit it. You can find all the information. I Corsic, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I see Corsicana.org. I see Corsicana.org. So anything else, Karen, before we wrap up? 
Uh, no, I don't think I can. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't think of anything else, but, um, like I say, it's just a wonderful parish. That's my opinion of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I was thinking about the question about the name. Um, I, I do recall that the actual dogma of the Immaculate Conception, I think was back in the 1850s. And so, you know, that, and then our, our Lady of Lords, uh, appeared to Bernadette and, and identified herself as the Immaculate Conception. So, you know, that, that was only about 15 years later that this parish <laughs> was established. So I, I bet you it was, you know, really fresh in people's mind. And they were like, wow, you know, this is kind of historically pretty interesting. So let's name our parish Immaculate Conception. I'm, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and go with that story. I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess that that's maybe what happened. <laughs> is that okay? Yeah. I don't know how they make a decision on the name. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, I'm guessing, that sounds good to me. <laughs> and I think all the decision makers of that were have passed on long ago. So we'll, we won't find out for sure. Uh, Karen, thanks so much. Uh, it's really great to, to speak to you. And thank you for, for telling us all about this uh, beautiful parish. And again, if anybody would like to uh, visit, uh, you just uh, you can go to the website, iccorsacana.org. And uh, thanks again to Martha Phillips, because if she had not reached out to me and asked us to promote this, uh, this interview wouldn't have happened. So we're very grateful for her as well. Also, thanks to Diane Xavier for running the board. And thank you for listening. And I need more Marthas out there. If you have ideas for future programs, interviews of the week, please contact me. Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. And again, thanks to Karen Robinson for being the guest on the program today. God bless you. Are you a pregnant mother or mom in need of support or in a crisis situation? If so, help is available. The Diocese of Fort Worth has recently launched Walking with Moms in Need. Walking with Moms in Need is a national initiative that is a time of service in which Catholic parishes and communities walk in the shoes of local pregnant and parenting women in need by offering to help moms in difficult circumstances through different tools and resources. For more information, visit fwdioc.org. All of us at KTH 910 AM thank Porter's Army, Navy, and Irving for their sponsorship of the August 5th Summer Speaker Series event with guest speaker Father John Ricardo. Owner Steve and Cindy Porter have been longtime supporters of the Guadalupe Radio Network. They invite you to visit Porter's Army, Navy, located at 600 East Irving Boulevard in Irving, and see more at their website, portersarmynavy.com. They hope you'll join them August 5th by buying your tickets at summerspeakerseries.com. Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of the KTH 910 AM interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Uh, KTH 910 AM, Diane Xavier is flawlessly running the board, so thanks to her. And uh, my name is Dave Palmer, host of this program. We cover anything that's uh, Catholic and local, and we hit on a whole lot of different topics. And uh, today we are going to be talking about an upcoming men's conference, and I'm delighted to have uh, a wonderful priest and also a layman in studio with me whom I will introduce in just a moment. The conference is called Emergency Jesus, the Divine Surgeon Men's Conference, and it's happening uh, Friday, June 11th and Saturday, June 12th. And it's going to be at the Highlands. And uh, in studio with me, I want to thank Father Fergo O'Doul uh, for here, uh, being here in studio with me. He's the superior of the Legionary community uh, in Irving. He's also a spiritual director and the men's section director for Regnum Christi. I hope I got all that right, Father. So was- welcome. Bang on. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> okay. Very good. Great All to be right. here. I'm batting a thousand, so let me not mess anything up now. Uh, our layman is Curtis Wales, whom I have known for decades, 
and he is the formation coordinator for Regnum Christi and also the primary organizer of this men's conference that we're going to be talking about. So, Curtis, thanks for being here as well. I appreciate it, Dave. Father, could you start us off in prayer? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we, we beg you, we ask you to send your Spirit into our hearts today, into the hearts all, of all our listeners, to set us on fire with his love, to give us his wisdom and his courage. Uh, we ask you to guide our conversation today, uh, to bless our program, bless, of course, everybody who collaborates in Guadalupe, Guadalupe Radio Network. And we, we ask you as well to move the hearts of the men you're, you're preparing to come on this conference. We're going we're gonna to talk about... Um, Invite them to, to come closer to you, um, help them to hear your call, and, and prepare their hearts to, to be open to the beautiful things you want to do in their lives, in their hearts, and, and in, their, in their families. And we, we ask you to come, Holy Spirit, through the intercession of our Mother Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady, Queen of Peace, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Great way to start the interview. Thank you very much, Father. And uh, Curtis, uh, when you uh, made me aware of this conference, the first thing that caught my attention, I was like, wow, that is a really awesome title for the conference. You know, sometimes we just have men's conference or 13th annual, but emergency Jesus, the divine surgeon men's conference. Wow, that is awesome. So tell us about it, its origins and uh, what it's all about. All right. Thank you, Dave. Absolutely. So really it's, it's, it was a prompt of urgency in prayer. And I was praying on Ezekiel thirty six twenty six that talks about taking out our stony hearts and replacing them with fleshy, natural, redeemed hearts. And, you know, just we see, we see in the news, we see in our culture, we see so many uh, attacks on masculinity, manhood, and, you know, really what what are we looking for as men? And so I just, I really felt, um, called to, you know, organize something to truly try and, and reach men and taking out that stony heart and replacing it with that, with that redeemed heart. Um, so the conference is really designed around, you know, really identifying those pieces of, of our stony hearts. So there'll be time for reflection in there. There'll be a number of, uh, talks, uh, that are given, uh, throughout the conference, uh, to, to really help men to identify that. But it's not just saying, Oh, you know, I'm a bad guy. It's what do we do with that now? Christ is calling us to so much more as men, uh, to live that fully redeemed life and really to make a, a strong difference in a world that is desperate for seeing really men, real men stand up. Mm-hmm, definitely. And Father, you've been doing spiritual direction for many years. Uh, and obviously for a lot of these, it's for men. What do you see as the primary needs? That men have, and perhaps at, at different age levels. Uh, what, 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 what do you, what do you hear and see? Encounter with Christ, yeah. right? At that, that's the answer to really, to really everything. But of course, the, the challenges men face are, are myriad, right? Numerous in our culture and our society today. I think maybe, maybe to put it in in two words, I would say there, there's a kind of an auto self sufficiency, mm-hmm. a pride that many men, many men who are leaders who maybe are very successful worldly have. And, you know, on the outside, maybe uh, they could 
Others could look at them and be sort of envious. I wish I was like that person. I wish I, I wish I had their financial success. I wish I had the wonderful family they have or the car they have or whatever. But but sometimes that is hiding kind of an emptiness inside and um, a lack of closeness to, to the Lord, mm-hmm. to God. So that that's kind of one danger that men can run into. And, and what I see is where that sometimes leads is uh, ultimately it, it leads to failure maybe in the areas that are most important in people's lives, mm-hmm. um, which might be the primary relationship with my wife, right? Um, are, are my kids suddenly aren't, are, they're not where I would hope them to be and, and I'm, end up very disappointed. Um, so, so because God has been left out of the picture, I think. And mm-hmm. then the other, the other kind of extreme is where we've put other things, maybe not the success so much, but other things have be kind of become a god for our life, and that can show it's it's and in addictions, right? It's too much alcohol, it's drugs, it's pornography, and all these things um, just become so destructive, and we end up living lives very far from what we're called to, and and what the Lord has planned for us. Mm-hmm. And and the answer to that is to is encounter the Lord, um, His mercy, His power, His wisdom. And, and his love and to, to really let that take over in our lives and, and renew us, uh, encourage us um, and give us in kind of a new direction. Yes. And I know a lot of us men, myself included, I'm the guy running around on you know Christmas Eve buying Christmas gifts, much to the chagrin of my wife, by the way. Uh, we, we procrastinate. And Curtis, when you were speaking a moment ago, I sensed the urgency in your voice. Uh, this is something important, and it's not something I'll take care of a month from now or a year from now. This is something men need to deal with now. Why the urgency? Well, the urgency is, you know, I, I really feel like there's there's a time of choosing coming, you know, in in our world, in our in our in our lives, and our Lord wants us to not be lukewarm, like He says in Revelation. He wants us to make a decision for Him or against Him. And I'm encouraging men to take, make that decision for him. And the urgency is really around, you know, we have a strong mission that was given to us in our confirmation that we got to take Christ's message to the world. You know, the, the gospel reading for the, for the upcoming Sunday talks about, you know, go out into all the world and baptize and, and, and teach the kingdom. Christ has given us very specific commands on what he wants us to do, but we can't give what we don't have. And so this conference is really designed to help men, equip men to, to become uh, that, that Christ-like follower, that leader that God needs them to be. Mm-hmm. And Father, you know, you talk about the answer is Jesus Christ. And uh, we know the problems. We see it everywhere mm-hmm. with pornography and addiction and, uh, you know, what, what, what uh, uh, drugs or what have you, too much sports or, you know. And people say, okay, well, Jesus is the answer, but how exactly do I tap into that resource? You know, what, what is the solution? Uh, obviously, going to this conference mm-hmm. is a good start, but uh, uh, what are the steps? Uh, maybe going to this is, is a good first step for some of these men. Yeah, I think I think one of the things that's happening is is men are living their lives and they 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 haven't got sight of the real goal of their life. There's a lack of meaning. Mm-hmm. You know what Curtis was saying there is is Christ gave us the great commission: go out to all the nations and preach the good news. And and every baptized Christian Catholic is called to that mission. And if I'm not thinking about that in my life, I don't have the right direction. You know, I might be successful in other ways, but that, but that is really key. That is really important. And how am I going to find, like, my vocation? Mm-hmm. I need to spend time with God. Yeah. I need to be asking him, Lord, 
you've given me these talents, you've given me these kids, you've given me this wonderful wife, um, maybe you've given me some difficulties along the way, but what, what do you want from me in all of this? And, and that comes, you know, fundamentally by coming closer to the Lord and opening ourselves to him and his plan. You know, right now, you know, a couple of weeks ago, as, as you know, Bishop Burns, he shared with the diocese his post-pandemic pastoral plan, mm-hmm. his plan for a synod, a 10-year program of revitalization of, of our diocese. And, and the, you know, in, in a phrase, it's precisely that, that he wants our community, the Catholic community in Dallas, to become evangelizers, to have the yeah. spirit of the first apostles, of the Acts of the Apostles. That means each of us has to discover our part in that. Yeah. And if I'm caught up in the world, if I'm enslaved with some addiction, if I'm just thinking of my own worldly success and what looks good to everybody else, I, I'm going to get distracted from what me, really matters and I'm going to end up frustrated because I'm not living the way I'm supposed to, to live. So the first, first thing is prayer. And I mean, that's why a conference like this is so important because that's precisely it. We're going to get men to think about their true identity as sons of the Father and called to be missionary disciples, to be apostles, to, to take part, a serious part in the mission of the church. We want to put them in some silence before the Lord. We want to put before them some other men who are, are living well their vocation and, and really, really powerful testimonies to show them what that life can be like. You know, I love, uh, you know, Jesus in, in John chapter 10 when he says, I came that they might have life and have it to the full. Mm. And, you know, I, I'd say to men who are listening today, um, are you living life to the full? Is your life everything you, you would hope it to be? Um, because God wants it to be, and it can be. And maybe the decision you need to make is to put the Lord more at the center and to get to know him better and listen to him more. And, and in a way, that's what this, and that's why we're offering this conference. And, and part of it is we're going to look at different areas of our lives where, where, where maybe we're not, we're not stepping up or where we need the Lord to come in and help us, heal us, make us new, encourage us. One of the things I, I see with men is they're, they're discouraged. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes they're afraid to be everything God's calling them to. Yeah. And, like, and the truth is we can't do it on our own. N- none of us can, can be holy be a saint and we need God and we, we also need each other. You know, you're asking what are, what are things that help men? One of the things that I've seen and um, especially now coming, coming out of the, this, this particular year we've just ended with COVID and pandemic is men need each other. Yeah. I need in my life good men are men who maybe are struggling but they're striving to, to be better, to be more virtuous, to be more generous in their families, to, to witness more, to get more committed to Christ because together we strengthen each other. Yeah. Amen. Uh, Father Fergal O'Doul is with us. He is the superior of the Legionaries of Christ uh, here in Irving and also very involved with Regnum Christi and the Highlands uh, uh, School in Irving. And also Curtis uh, Wales is joining us. Uh, he is the uh, formation coordinator for Regnum Christi. And we're talking about the emergency Jesus, the Divine Surgeon Men's Conference, which is coming up uh, this coming week, Friday, June 11th, uh, 6.30 to 9.30, and also Saturday, June 12th, 9 to 9. And Curtis, let's talk about some of the nuts and bolts of the conference. What is it going to entail? Uh, who are the speakers? What, are they, you know, what sacraments will be available? That kind of thing. Yeah. So, Dave, as far as the speakers, you know, a lot of times when you when you look at conferences or consider conferences, you know, they'll have headline speakers, yeah. big name speakers, you know, Catholics that you know. This this conference is not 
a headline speaker type conference. It is the people giving testimonies, the people that are going to be talking are in the trenches, you know, doing the, doing the, the hard work, uh, down at the grass levels. And, and while those conferences are great that they're bringing in the big name speakers, this one will be very different. This is really geared at, you know, the first night being, you know, I, your identity as a man in Christ and really getting to know what is that relationship? What's required of that relationship or what does Christ desire? What is his deepest desire for your hearts in that relationship? Saturday morning, we're going to be looking at that stony heart and, and, and really doing a deep reflection on, on what are the aspects of that stony heart. In the afternoon, we're going to be really looking at the, at the, um, redeemed heart, um, and actually have one of the consecrated ladies, uh, Miss Denise Funky is going to be giving a talk there because, you know, she brings a, a unique, uh, female perspective, but she's not married, right? Mm-hmm. So she has kind of what I would call an unbiased perspective <laughs> on, on the relationship and the need for men as she's seeing it, as she's working with women and, 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 you know, living out her vocation. Um, and then, you know, really looking at what is that restored and, and, um, redeemed heart looks, look like and how do we live in that re- restored and redeemed life, which leads us toward, you know, to the, to the evening, uh, discussions around this new spirit. You know, Ezekiel, you know, 20, 36, 26 talks about putting a new spirit in us in addition to a new heart, right? So what is living in that new spirit, that new mission that you have as a man and, and, you know, the fulfillment of your desires will come through living out that mission. Yeah. You know, the stony hearts are the way many of us are living right now. And father, let's talk about the wounds. Uh, you know, we might talk about, uh, you know, an obsession with health or fitness or our job or whatever. But, uh, deep down when you peel the onion layers back, there's, there's wounds that may be a father wound or something else or something that happened in, you know, in the beginning of your life. Mm-hmm. How do those play into the way men need to be healed these days from your experience? You know, sometimes the problem is we, we haven't seen in our lives many people who are authentic Catholic men. Yeah. And so it's hard to know what it looks like in my world, in the business world, in, in the family. I often, even today, I, I was talking this morning, I had a breakfast with a man and, you know, he, he, we, we chatted about various different things. But at the end, the real thing he wanted to know is, is Father, I feel like I could be loving my life, my wife more in mm-hmm. a better way. Um, you know, and I said to him, you mean, you mean like St. Paul says, you're supposed to lay down your life for your wife. How does yeah. that look in reality? And that, that's such an important question. I mean, right, at marriage, that's the heart. And that needs to be closer to Christ and to be living a more Christ-like life. And it needs to maybe see some other men who model that, who, who really put their wife first and put yeah. their, their kids second and put themselves in third place. That takes great generosity. Yeah. Right? It's like I remember um, a friend of mine, she had to give a talk. She was consecrated and she was preparing a talk for couples. And she asked her, her brother, you know, who's been many years married, you know, Jimmy, you know, what would you say to the couples? And he says, um, they were actually drinking a few beers together. And he says, you know, he, he drank a whole beer just in one shot. And then he says, you just can't be selfish. Mm-hmm. You just can't be selfish. And um, that it, it's kind of a bit like that, you yeah. know, the answer is kind of simple, but um, it's not easy. It's not easy. So to see other men who are living it well and hear them is, is very powerful, very, very helpful. And selfishness plays itself out in so many ways. You know, yeah. how I use my time, you know, 
am I working out in the gym for, for two hours every day or is it the 30 minutes I really need? Mm-hmm. Um, am I playing some game that takes a lot of time three days a week or four days a week instead of two days a week? And, and you know, a lot of those decisions have big impact on the other people in my life. Uh, so part of it is, is, um, is discerning, making decisions that are d- generous, Christ-like. Um, and we're able to make those good decisions when we get closer to the Lord, when, when we pray more, when we, we do more spiritual reading, um, and when we get, get together with other men who are, who are making good decisions. Yeah. There's a, a Christian song, and it escapes my mind right now, but it's basically from the, the wife and the kids' perspective, you know, singing to the Father and basically saying, focus on us, focus on us. And I was just thinking, Curtis, about some of the people who may benefit the most from this conference are the ones who aren't there, the, the, the children, the wives. And so really this is, as Father said, a, 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 the, the least selfish thing you can do is improve yourself so that others in your circle will be blessed as well, right? Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of times I think men go to these conferences, right? And they, and they want to know something. They want to get a little nugget uh, that they take back. But there's really kind of no follow-up. And, you know, Father talked about the need for men to, to gather with other men and, and to hold each other accountable and to, you know, really strive for that, that growing after after sainthood. I mean, the church is set up for us to be saints. And I think a lot of us kind of take the, the, the tack that, you know, everybody's going to go to heaven and, you know, really, you know, my sin's not bad compared to, you know, somebody else. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of play these games in your mind of, you know, what I'm doing is okay. But Christ never wants, he loves us where we're at, but he is always calling us to more and to grow. And so, you know, what, my, my deepest desire for this conference, you know, that, that men can take away is that they'll have not only a good understanding of where they're at in their spiritual life, but have some real tools and some connection with other men that they can take steps forward in order to grow in that sanctity. You know, wouldn't it be great to be competing on who's going to be the greater saint, right? <laughs> in our lives, right? So as, as Dr. Ray says, who could be more humble? The competition to be the, the humility award, right? <laughs> Which is kind of ironic. Uh, talk about the particulars. Uh, who can go, the ages, men and, and sons, or um, the cost, and how, and most importantly, how they register. Absolutely. So the, the conference is really designed for men, you know, so it's, it's 18 and up, uh, you know, bring your sons. I mean, if, if you have, you know, mature, you know, 16, 17 year olds, uh, they would, they would benefit from this as well. Uh, the cost is, you know, we have kind of a, a, a short time window to register, but if you register before June 1st, which, um, you know, you get a discount of $5, but it's really not that much. It's $75 to register, and that includes all the meals. So we were getting uh, catered meals from some very notable restaurants of Nuevo Leon and uh, Lamberti's here in Irving. And uh, so, you know, you'll be well-fed, which I know is important to men, mm-hmm. as well as uh, registering at uh, takingthenextstep.org. So if you can just remember takingthenextstep.org, just go there, and that, that'll be the easy way of registering for this. I'm glad it wasn't emergencyjesusatdivinesurgeonmensconference.org. Okay, that, that would be uh, uh, quite, quite a mouthful. That is the name of the conference, though. we got a few minutes left. Uh, Father, what I'm hearing, uh, you know, through this conversation is perhaps the first step 
uh, in just going to that website and signing up, it, there's a certain surrender element. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a word that, you know, us men don't like. You know, we don't want to surrender. We're going to, but surrendering to Jesus takes humility. And that's, that, that's, that's, that's important, isn't it? Uh, uh, kind of conforming our will to his. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, I, I love the story of uh, Joshua and Caleb. You remember, you remember Moses sent the scouts out to look at the promised land. And some of them came back and they were very discouraged because they saw how wonderful the promised land was. No, they, bu- they brought this huge bunch of grapes, right? But they also saw these men that seemed to them like giants. And, and, and they decided, we can't do this. We, we can't own this. Um, whereas Joshua and Caleb spoke up and said, yes, we can. This is mm-hmm. the plan of the Lord. And, and Moses speaks to the Lord when he says to Joshua, don't be afraid, have courage, persevere, and, and, and you will conquer the land. And so, I, you know, I, I would say to men is you, you can have a better life. You can have a better marriage. You, you can be more fulfilled. You can walk into the freedom and the courage and the joy that the Lord has planned for you. But you have to take a risk. Yeah. You have to be brave. And, and one of the ways to be brave is to sign up for, for a conference and meet other men who are doing that, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I would say don't be afraid. The Lord has good plans. He wants to do wonderful things with your life, but you need to let him in. You need to trust him. Yeah, very good. Uh, Father Fergal Duel, thank you very much. I uh, appreciate you taking time to be here with us. And Curtis, I'm going to give you the last word, maybe one last word of encouragement. Maybe a, a woman is listening right now and she wants to, you know, this would be great for my husband. You know, how should she approach him? Uh, takingthenextstep.org is the, the website he needs to go. We got about a minute left. Uh, are your last pitch to men or women who are listening? Right. It's so, you know, this is designed obviously for, for Catholics, but really it could be for any Christian, uh, man, uh, to, to welcome him or encourage him. So, you know, maybe if, if, if your husband or, or your brother or, you know, a family relation or a good friend, maybe he's just really struggling with, uh, the, you know, with their faith or, or some aspect of their lives, this would be a good conference for them to come to. Um, the, the thought that, you know, Many times, even good Catholic men are working for Christ, but they're not working from Christ. And the distinction I'll make there is that we can do, we can busy our lives even with a lot of Catholic things that aren't really leading us closer to the Lord and serving the Lord in the way he wants us to serve him. So this this conference is also really going to be designed at, at working from Christ, out of that relationship with Christ in order to become the man that they're called to be. All right. Well said. And thanks to both of you gentlemen for being here. Father Fergal O'Doul and also Curtis Wales from the Highlands and Regnum Christi and the Legionaries of Christ. And so it's great to have both of you, uh, here in studio with me. And, uh, men, here's the, the website, uh, takingthenextstep.org. Registration is $25. It's the Emergency Jesus, the Divine Surgeon Men's Conference. It's happening at the Highlands in Irving on Friday, June 11th and Saturday, June 12th. Uh, Thanks to you both. I I really enjoyed speaking to you. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. God bless you. Thanks to Diane Xavier for running the board. And uh, I also always like to close out by saying, if you have uh, an event or something that's going on that would be a good fit for this uh, program, make my life easier, my job easier. Email me like Curtis did and said, hey, we got something going on and we'd love to talk to you about your event as well. Dave Palmer at grnonline.com is my email address. Have a great rest of your weekend. God bless you. Thanks for joining us for this week's KATH 910 AM Interview of the Week. We hope you've enjoyed this presentation of Catholic news and information pertinent to North Texas Catholics. 
Please join us again next week at this same time for another KATH 910 AM Interview of the Week. The Guadalupe Radio Network thanks John Morrison with Morrison Heating and Air for his support of the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Morrison Heating and Air specializes in heating and air conditioning service for the counties of Denton, Collin, Cook, and Grayson. You can contact John with Morrison Heating and Air by calling 940-597-6099. That's 940-597-6099 for Morrison Heating and Air. Our Lady of Lebanon Maronite Catholic Church in Louisville is currently seeking a part-time youth minister. The youth minister is responsible for writing... Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth. Catholic radio for your soul on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.